HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. Today is Tuesday, July 14th, 2015. We've got our special friend, Ale Sharpton, all the way from Hotlanta, Georgia, in the studio. Ooh, all right, here he is. Represent, Sharp- baby. All right, Greg Dorosky and Joel Ford from Three's Brewing, and Becerra, and Likes Beer, and our summer co-host, Ben Keen from Beer Advocate Magazine. All How's right. It going, Jimmy? So Beer Sessions Radio is brought to you by Union Beer Distributors, supplier of world-class ales and lagers. If you have any questions for our guests today, you can tweet us at beer underscore sessions and call, or call us in the studio. Why not? 718-497-2128 and talk to Jack. So, hey, this is a pretty cool show, man. Ales up from Atlanta. And I think this show is middle of July, Good Beer Month. So we're going to talk about places that, that we should take ale on, on his time here. And I know you when you came in, the first place you went, where'd you go? You went to oh, man. Three's Brewery. I got a nice little walk on. I, I made it a point to walk. And it was for good reason. Three's Brewery, I heard, was gangster. So I had to confirm that. And I had a great time. My man Greg showed me a lot of love over there and gave me a little tour. I was very, very impressed with the facility. I mean, you can't see places like that. And then the, the beer garden in the back was nuts. Well, thanks, man. So, thanks yeah. for coming by. We always like to, to bring people by. We've only uh, been open for about eight months. So uh, Impressive. not many people know about us yet, but we, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get it done these days. Well, I had a chance to observe, and your staff had that beehive thing going, man. So you really, you really know what you're doing. I'm very surprised it was only a few months, but uh, very great. You know, the beer is off the chain. So Thanks, man. We, yeah. we appreciate it. You know, we're, we're trying hard. Uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to do what we can do. Right. Small space, but we, uh, you know, producing a lot of beer. and Seems like yeah, a, a good to place it. to have your first beer in New York City. Greece. Oh, man. The, and, and, and everything was phenomenal. I'm not saying it because he's here. I keep it real. but uh, <laughs> I no, am pretty scary point. looking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but on Instagram, I already posted me kicking in with, um, with Greg, so check it out. Definitely a real ale sharpton. We're doing our thing. All right. What about you, Ben? Where, where would I send somebody? Where, where, where would you take... take uh, um, I used to actually live on 4th Avenue, not that far from where Threes is, 
And uh, I actually think, I don't know if you're staying in Brooklyn, but that sort of stretch of Brooklyn has a lot of great stuff going on. Um, so bar-wise, you could hop your way all the way down from 4th Avenue Pub and Pacific Standard. Mm. You could head up this Australian place called the Sheep Station. Mm-hmm. Um, you could get over to um, Mission Dolores is a little further down. And then when you get to 9th Street, bang a right and head over the Gowanus and check out other half brewing. That would be my sort of... Walk through Brooklyn uh, if you had the time. Well, I, I love the community already and how supportive you all are here. Um, Greg actually made it imperative that I go check out the half. So definitely, you know. but I'm with Jimmy and he's the greatest tour guide in the city, man. So <laughs> I, I'm already ready to. These rock guys and roll, are your no tour guides too. Word up! So, and we get we got Ann likes beer. Ann Becerra. Thanks for having me back. I would add the gate to that list, too. Yeah, solid. Definitely uh, stop by the gate, especially on a beautiful day. They have a great outdoor patio. And then if you head into Manhattan, into my neck of the woods, have to stop by Blind Tiger. It's a must. Oh, that's my spot. Oh, you know what? Okay, great. Enough respect. For fabulous. And um, come to Taproom 307 if you want. Come on, check us out. We have, like, a ton of TVs if there's any games that you want to see. And then my other suggestion that's fairly new is beer culture. It's in the... It's in Times Square in the theater district, and it's just great. They have a lot of stuff to go, so if you want to take back some local beers with you, um, that's a place. ABC Beer in the East Village and Good Beer in the East Village. Oh, man, I can't write this fast. I'll write it. Good. Take care of you. Don't worry. You guys we'll got the hookup. This is crazy. I, I got to stay here easy. for a month, man. You could. You don't have to do yeah, anything. My mom's from Brooklyn, so I miss it. Yeah. And I think tonight, so we're, we're doing the show right here at Roberta's. Which is always a great place. Which we have, especially in the back bar, they have a lot of good beers. In fact, they have uh, threes on tap pretty much regularly, don't they? Yeah, they do. Uh, they have our Here You Go Pale Ale on. And, uh, you know, people seem to really like it. Um, it's a great name. Yeah, for a while it it, uh, it took people a while to understand what the name meant because we actually had it spelled together kind of like a hashtag. And we'd get people coming up to the bar with some like strange Norwegian sounding accent where they'd be like, can I have a here you go? <laughs> and it was like, no, it's here you go. Here you go. So we spaced it out and people seemed to be getting it. But, uh, yeah, we make a lot of that beer, and Roberta's here is uh, good enough to carry it and sell a ton of it. I'll tell you, it's, it's super fun. July Good Beer Month. It's the seventh year. In 2009, we got Mayor Bloomberg to declare that July was Good Beer Month, and we keep celebrating it. And one big part of it is uh, going to the good beer bars. And uh, the good beer seal has been around since then. At the end of July, July 29th at Jimmy's number 43, there's going to be an announcement. A bunch of beer writers are putting together the list for not only additions to the good beer, but maybe subtractions, too, because, you know, there, there's some special places you go. And we don't know. I think Ann's going to be there, too, I bet, and probably Ben Keen. But it's, it's just fun to have you in town, Al, and, and to show you around. And tomorrow night, we invite you up, too, because we're doing a craft beer jam at WNYC's Green Space, which is a great live event, live webcast. And we're going to be joined by Heather from Six Point, Augie from Carton, Jen from Spring Lounge. It's going to be a fun little fun little gathering with Al. And then what do you think about the beer scene in New York? I bet there's a list of places you've been dying to go, too. I mean, the, you guys, the ones you named already. Uh, what's the brewery that um, gave me a shot? Uh, not the brewery, but uh, the spot I got to go to, the beer bar. I just asked you. And Blind uh, Tiger. 
in uh, Manhattan? Or someone just tweeted, like, you got to go. Starts with a P. Oh, proletariat. Proletariat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movement of the people, of course. That's on your list tonight. So I got agenda number 43. Proletariat. Yeah. Where I bet they're going to have a whole crowd waiting for you. Hey, man, I'll be there. And I love Twitter and Instagram. And just, it's a great networking thing. And it's like, yo, you got to go here. You got to go there. Everybody has their opinion, but everybody's giving thumbs up on that spot. So I can't wait to kick it. Well, the first thing, who brought beer and what beer are we going to drink first? We brought some gangster, right? Everybody came straight. Well, we're all New Yorkers, so we want the Atlanta beer. Yeah. <laughs> I love Greg and I love his beers. And I got I'm it on sale right now, man. Let's definitely. Yeah, we can bring it out. It's in the fridge. <laughs> we don't have any help. Those are cute. Today. <laughs> I don't know where it is. I, I don't know totally where the fridge is. That's why Ben's, Ben's the, uh, the sidekick. He has over oh, the beers. The it's amazing know. how heavy my bag is. People look at me when I'm crazy. When I would travel, I always bring some, some goodness from back home. So um, this first one I brought... Um, Kind of embrace what we're talking about in terms of percentage. This is only uh, 6%, but it's a it's a fantastic beer. And that's uh, the Pesh Mode, and that's from... Uh, ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh, there you go. That, that's that's how you do it with that yeast up in there, Welcome man. to New York. Here's a drive-by. Oh, yeah, we got it on popping, literally. <laughs> um, but this is a little Pesh Mode, and this is from Three Taverns, which is really killing them. Um, really Belgian-influenced beers. Um, and this one... Is as brew with peaches, of course. It's and I want to name. bring something to kind of segue to our show tomorrow, Jimmy. So um, I hope you all enjoy it. And um, I mean, of course, brew the real peaches, the whole nine. And uh, they're celebrating their anniversary this weekend on Saturday. So I will be there and showing them some love. But these guys are serious business. They brought one of their brewer, uh, head brewers. It's direct from Belgium. And He's uh he's he's along with it. So you Everybody guys come to Atlanta. And this is in Atlanta proper? Yeah. ATL Decatur, actually. Indicator, which is cool. like a great uh spot for beer. Um mm-hmm. brick store and then there's other breweries there, Wild Heaven, uh Blue Tarp, uh great uh spot called Ale Yeah, this is a brew store. So I gotta show off them first. So I brought two brews, so this one to kinda ease things in. So enjoy salute and, and, salute. and Thank craft you. beer, you guys. Seriously. So how'd you how'd you start getting into beer? How'd you, uh, how'd you become a beer person? My uncle's first uh, sip he gave me when I was six years old <laughs> was a Miller High Life, actually, which we were, we're talking, talking about, about oh, in, the, in the cab over. <laughs> and it was this, and he thought I was going to spit it out and say it was going to be gross, but I actually just said, mmm, that's, that's what I'm going to taste when I'm older, when you're your age. He's like, he was pissed I ruined his joke, but it was actually, it resonated <laughs> for that many years. You got and, good taste, man. That's all I can after say. that, man, you know. <laughs> but I think a lot of people's first beer has been Miller High Life. Like 50% of the people I've heard is like, Miller High Life or something along those lines. But uh, but then after that, I just embraced it, man. But moving down Atlanta was tough because I couldn't get beer that was over 6% because it would have been illegal. But um, I, I helped with the movement, and people knew I was an OG, got the respect, and I had to come out with a name instead of my real name, which is, sounds like a law firm, Dennis Malcolm Byron. So uh, <laughs> I went with Ale Sharpie, Are we man. supposed to know that? <laughs> no, <Nah, laughs> it's all good. Um, you know, after a blunt and a couple um, Brooklyn uh, chocolate stouts, man, I, I came out with Ale Sharpton, and that was it. Ran with it, held a name. I hope I was okay to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late now, man. <laughs> well, anyway, you know, we're, we're beer, beer and though. marijuana sessions. You know? There you go. Right. That's it's what they've always, you know, our first show, everybody was talking about 420 <laughs> and going off, and I had to shut that one down. But, you know, now that's just legal all over the place. So. Oh, there you go. Who knows? Go. And 420 from Sweetwater. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And Ben's, you know, Southern Beer, man. You, you, you get uh, to travel as Beer Advocate Editor. I travel as much as I can, and... Uh, this year, I've been visiting the South a lot because I think it's sort of the next region to really catch fire, and it's really exciting to see what's happening um, in Georgia in particular. 
the largest change that you you know uh, can finally buy beer on premise at breweries. Yep, started two weeks ago. Not a lot of beer, but you got to start somewhere, <laughs> right? So you couldn't um, do that before. No, no not even. I was there in. Um, Geez, when was my last trip? Uh, April. Uh-huh. You're pissed, Nothing. right? Yeah, it's annoying when you're mm-hmm. like on a, a trip and you want to bring a few things back, and it's no dice, especially with a lot of the young new breweries that aren't really distributing very widely, so you don't have other places to track down their mm-hmm. their beer. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's that's one of the biggest laws that passed recently. We're still fighting some other things that are going on there. People want to do, but it's from six percent to this. I mean, we're making progress. Yeah, so come on down, y'all. I got you hooked up, man. I'm telling I like you. that. Yeah, I would love to. And then, Andy, you've been writing more and more. You're, you had a great article in the Wall Street Journal, right? Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't actually write write it. It was a feature, um, but they did their tricks of the trade. This week was about beer cocktails, specific craft beer cocktails. And I got to make some really fun, exciting, you know, I brought one of the beers for you from Empire. It's a New York beer, and they don't bottle just yet. Word. So it's one of the ones that I used for one of the cocktails, and it's with lavender and ginger. Really refreshing, great for summer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people are really starting to take notice and really starting to care a lot more, which I think is great for all of us because it helps you guys brewing and selling beer. It helps me at my bars, you know, and people get excited to try new things. So I just i am excited that the mess is going to take What nights are you at Blind Tiger, and when are you at uh, Taproom 307? Well, yeah. I, just do, I do the beer list at Tap Room, so everything beer related. I don't actually bartend there, or um, you, can't, you don't want to say what night. <laughs> it doesn't work. I'm there in the daytime. I'm there in the daytime. But it's it's great. And Sunday brunch at Tiger is fantastic. And so you know, kind of spit my time between the two, and then writing. It's awesome. And then let's let's try the white afro. Let's do it. It's so Empire be, White oh, Afro. That's what it's called. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's white afro. What shit? <laughs> <laughs> I know. What was the What was the cocktail that you made? So it was actually a lot of. This is a great. Beer for cocktails. A lot of people put it with gin when they use it. I used it with tequila. And um, there's a company up in the Hudson Valley called Drink More Good that does really great organic beer, like cocktail syrups. And so I used a little bit of their orange pop syrup with tequila, splash of orange juice, and white afro. And just it was citrusy and grassy and what do you what do you guys herbal. think about beer cocktails i mean i remember before i had a full liquor license i was like oh a beer cocktail let's try that out but once i have a full liquor license why why would i want a beer cocktail well for me i use liquor i use beer as the substitute for sodas yeah. and for oh. different things i don't use it as the main alcoholic ingredient i mean i guess i can if there's no you know blind tiger doesn't have a, a liquor license so that would make sense but um that's a good way to think. But usually about it. I look at it, yeah, if we're going to use Coca-Cola or something like that, why would we do that when we have such flavorful options for beer? You know, and then it gets people excited about the beer that wouldn't normally order one. So I think it's a nice transition into drinking craft beer um, for people who wouldn't even think about looking at it on a menu. And then from there we get you hooked. Yeah. What's, what's a good base beer uh, to start with cocktails? You know, I mean, I start IPA probably wouldn't be as advantageous. Uh, it can, it can as, like, depends. You know, sometimes it, it just depends on what you're looking for. And I think for me personally. Finding the element that you want to play up because you don't want to squash the beer. You don't want to, you know, the whole point of using beer in a cocktail is to enhance those flavors, not to mask them. So if you want something herbal, if you want something really smoky, if you want something bitter, you know, it just depends. Like you could use an IPA in a cocktail that would equate to like a, a Negroni, you know, or something. I mean, there's so many different things to play with. I just think that, options that's are a great way to put it. I had never thought of beer as the mixer in, in a cocktail. Yeah, That's I mean it works for me. <laughs> yeah, I think you see more, uh, Jimmy. I think you see more places actually playing around with it. We've been running in Beer Advocate a, a column called Kindred Spirits for mm. a couple of years, and uh, it's it's just a different beer cocktail recipe from a different bar around the country. And 
I thought we'd run out of bars eventually, but um, actually it, it just seems like more and more people are having fun with it and trying it, uh, as you say, as a replacement for <clears throat> soda or tonic or juice or something like that. And, yeah, it can really bring out uh, different elements in the drink, which I think you know makes it worth continuing to pursue. Yeah, we've messed around with it a bunch at threes, <clears throat> and... Uh, you know, I'd agree with Ann. You, you really have to look at it as a mixer. You know, alcohol being higher proof, you know, has much more flavor, much more power. If you try to stack beer up against spirits, it just is never going to stand up. <laughs> but uh, as a complementary component, it's really nice. Um, we actually do kind of a variation of a Negroni with uh, some IPA foam on the top, which is kind of cool. And uh, you get kind of the aromatics oh, from wow. it, which is kind of kind of fun. Yeah, it was not my idea. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you make a cocktail with IPA foam? Don't open the faucet. Yeah, <laughs> don't open the faucet all the way. So, so you know, <laughs> Joel, do you got you to talk to the mic? Come on, tell us. Yeah, don't open the faucet all the way. You just like put it halfway yeah. so it comes out foamy. So, if you've ever seen an inexperienced person try to pour a beer, the first thing they do is only open the faucet a little bit, and uh, then they even open it a little less because they see the foam, and it just sprays beer all over the place. So you just kind of spray a little bit on the top, and it, it works pretty well. Well, I'm not getting too impressed with these beer cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beer cocktails are are tough. You know, Anne is really you know kind of pushing pushing. Uh, the concept, and I think she's come up with some ones that really work well. Yeah, well, I have to say too, it's that it's not something that I would have thought to go after and pursue. Mm -hmm. It's that people are not really understanding what to do with beer yet, especially yeah. in things like you know that are national, like the Wall Street Journal. Yep. You know, no one's used to being like beer to them. You know, to a lot of readers, they don't know about craft beer yet, and so I think that's a way to again transition mm -hmm. into the beer. So they sought me out, you know, out to say, let's do a thing about beer cocktails, and I was you know excited about the opportunity, but. You know, I think it's, again, just a way to reach people and a way to kind of show the diversity of, of all the beer we have. So, Anne, before you arrived... Great attitude, at, Before you ended up with White Afro, did, how many other beers did you toy around with to come up with that uh, cocktail that's in the Wall Street Journal? Well, you know, it's funny. That one works well. I've tried a bunch of different wits, and, you know, wit beer is what... This is the style, except that this one uses ginger and lavender. Yeah, so it it's, lavender. it's... Yeah, it's That's just very that. different way, and it also, again, for that cocktail, if you really want the beer to stand out, I think something like lavender really is just mm -hmm. so pungent. But they all worked well. I used... Uh, um, Two Brothers Monarch, Omegang Witta, like all these different... They all were delicious, but this one really, like, popped to me. Uh, yeah. Sometimes when you try beers that are infused with uh, lavender, it almost tastes like you're drinking a, a glass of lotion <laughs> yeah. and and this is really well balanced like i got a little bit of lavender but that's what you want just a little bit this is really good so shout out okay i'm glad you like that yeah yeah empire right yep empire all right hey we're gonna take a short break we'll be back in a few minutes on beer sessions radio all right <laughs> L. Knife & Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. 
Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We've got a great cast in house tonight. Oh, back yeah. here, uh, Beer Sessions Radio. Ale Sharpton from Hot Atlanta. And uh, Annie likes beer. Greg and Joel from Threes and, and Ben Keen. Ben, what were you saying? There's like some. We're, we're, we have an unintentional theme, theme here. <laughs> Because uh, Ale brought us uh, La Peche Mode from Three Taverns. That's our first beer, and we're segueing nicely into Mystery Beer from Threes. Oh, where? All right, so let me set this beer up a little bit. In Brooklyn. So, in Brooklyn, right? Uh, so this is uh, False Witness. This is a Tarte Saison we do. Uh, we barrel-aged it for a little while. Uh, we actually did a draft release of this, I don't know, about three months ago. And uh, we bottle-conditioned a bunch, bunch of it. Uh, it's kind of tasting really nice right now, I think. Is this the cab barrel-aged? What is it, Anne? Yeah, when I was there visiting for a story for Serious Seats, they had this beer aging in, was it Cabernet? Yeah, Cabernet cab barrels. Franc barrels. Cab Franc barrels, yeah. Is that what we're drinking? I haven't tasted it yet. Yeah, so this uh, aged in Cab Franc barrels, and then, uh, yeah, it's kind of a nice uh, tart saison. We uh, do... Some lacto in the kettle, and then ferment it with uh, both brett and saison yeast, and then uh, transfer it to barrels with additional brett, and then we uh, bottle conditioned it. So it's uh, kind of nice and tart, uh, not terribly sour, sour, but tart. You definitely, I think, uh, it still is clearly a saison, at least to me. A little funk in there, little little tartness. It's kind of cool. Greg, when, when, as a brewer, I mean, it's different. Like we might just grab a bottle of beer. But when, as a brewer, when you go on a show, how do you pick that beer you're going to showcase? Uh, honestly, these ones were pretty convenient because they were bottled already. <laughs> <laughs> and we were kind of running a little bit late and didn't have time to fill growlers. So. They were in the front of the refrigerator, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. There, there was uh, honestly very little little thought. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> what about you, Al? You, you picked some... How did you pick the beers you brought um, up north? Well, I went to visit Brian Purcell, who is the uh, owner and brewmaster of uh, Through Taverns. I'm like, look, I'm going to my boy's radio show. It's Gangster. It's my boy, Jimmy, and I wanted a rep. So um, we're kind of talking about sessionable beers the next day. Actually, I could have popped that tomorrow, but um, he gave me that bottle. He said, yo, just bring it to that. Give him a little peach love. Georgia kind of worked together. You know, it. Peach state. Yep. So it kind of just worked out with that. So I have a stout for us, too, later on, which actually is chilling. So we'll be getting into that, too. That's great. Well, that's a good story. See, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and, Anne, too, you, you came in with a story. Well, yeah, it was just, you know, the idea that it was something from New York, from New York State, not bottled yet, and I used it for the article. So I figured it was something summary, perfect for a hot but day. But you, you're a great story. I mean, you, you were a ginger man a long time. Mm-hmm. And now you've been at some Blind Tiger, Tapping 307, yeah, you're writing a, a lot. Yeah, point where, yeah, people, uh, writing a lot. It's taken off really nicely, actually. After, after I leave here, I'm going home to write about organic beers for Martha Stewart. Try to stay awake and get that so done. How, how do we find that? Is, is, there, a, <laughs> is there a blog, or is, do they still have a website? Who? The, anything you post on Martha Stewart. Oh, yeah, I have a contributor page. 
But wh- where do we go, though? You go to MarthaStewartLiving.com, oh, I yeah? believe, or Martha's... Oh, gosh. Google Martha Stewart and Becerra. There you go. <laughs> Can I just give you way? mutual respect on the writing game, though? Um, everybody who does Thanks. write about beer, it, people think, oh, that's so awesome. You have the coolest job in the world. And as if it's, it doesn't take effort and still the journalistic abilities you need in anything you write about. So kudos to what you're well, doing and it. what you're doing. Um, and... I have a ritual. I have a beer whenever I write about beer to kind of bring me an element. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's just my thing. I do tastings for serious so I have to. I mean, I'm it's literally like, there. I did an imperial imperial article once, and it was all everything over 10%. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, I have to sit here and drink. I If anyone came into my apartment and I'm mm-hmm. on the floor with all these 10% beers, I would look like complete. So the beginning alcoholic. of the article was awesome. Yeah. Right, right. At the end, it kind of gets a little drink fuzzy. It. Like, hey, drink it. It's good. Damn At it. the end, they say you're a good writer. That's right. <laughs> Hemingway, you know, come on. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Poetry. All right. Well, well, it, I tell you, I'm going back to the central theme. It's, it's July in New York City, July Good Beer Month. And uh, there's a lot going on up here. We've got our craft beer jam tomorrow at WNYC. And um, coming up, our annual Good Beer Seal Awards, July 29th, and the Edible Good Beer event at the end of the month. And I just want to talk about why this month happened. It was just, it's just like so much has happened in beer. And at one time, there weren't even beer weeks. People don't realize that Philly Beer Week started mm, maybe 10 years ago. That was the only beer week. And, and after like a couple of years of that, this guy, Josh Schaffner, started the original New York Craft Beer Week. I think it was 2008. Um, something like that. And that wasn't that long ago. And now there's beer weeks and beer months everywhere. But do you guys remember when there I mean, am I only talking about history or something? Because I, no, I thought, I thought Philly Beer Week was around show. for like 30 years. And I was like, wait a minute. It just started like a year before us. No, it's like music technology. I, I you know, used to have my headphones and my CD player. And now it's like within the last short, very short period of time, you can download everything in a second. I mean, it came and it hit. So I feel like same with the beer culture. You know, there was nothing. You couldn't find it anywhere. And now, you know, everybody has something on their menu. And festivals. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly remember uh, back during the early New York City Beer Weeks, uh, back buying the passport book that Josh had where you could go into all the bars and get like a dollar off a beer. And you'd kind of go around and... You know, I, th- I think that was before I even started uh, interning over at Greenport Harbor. So that's like back in the day, man. <laughs> I kind of hung out with a legend uh, in Europe, uh, Joe Sixpack. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we, uh, yeah, he was one of the people with the Philly Beer Week. And um, it's just the passion is so national. Like everybody has it. It's like a communal thing. It's like knowing about Star Wars or something. You know about <laughs> like craft beer. People get together and start talking as if they've been brothers for years. So, yeah. Especially in Philly. Yep. Does Atlanta have a craft beer week? Yep. Yeah. We do. Um, our, our thing is just beer festivals are popping up almost every other weekend. But there's a dope one coming up uh, in August uh, called Hottoberfest. You might want to come back down for. So let <laughs> me know if you Atlanta want to Atlanta Hottoberfest. Hottoberfest. Awesome. It's a barrel-aged beer fest. So everything's barrel-aged. Alan Rains, um, they, he sends out these barrels along with his crew. And people age them stone all the way to stone whatever they age their beer send it back so it's a one and done type of festival it's really dope yeah let's talk more about you documenting the beer scene so i, just, I was looking on youtube yesterday mm-hmm. there was a really cool video of you at this place cypress street oh, cypress street pipe and in plate. atlanta oh, yeah. uh-huh. and you had the guys clown shoes mm-hmm. clown shoes was there um the clown they, shoes from massachusetts. massachusetts massachusetts yeah they come down like atlanta gets so much love now it's it's well respected stone just did a big event and all these different breweries that come down and and they 
they people are starting to understand their their minds are opening to really getting their sip on of and really understanding the differences with beer and that's one of my big things i push is just trying to find ways to uh, get people who say I don't like beer, which is ridiculous to me. That sounds, <laughs> I mean, that's like saying you don't like music is my whole thing. I say all the time. So, um, you say you know. the same thing, Anne? Yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You got know to dance to, right, Anne? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about me? <laughs> but Atlanta is also a huge market, right? I mean, it's yeah. one of the biggest cities in the country. I, so if you're not. If you're a brewery and mm-hmm. uh, you have ambitions to be bigger or national or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're not getting into the mix in Atlanta, you're missing out. You're missing out. And, and Atlanta, the big, big thing about that is because so many people move there from so many parts mm-hmm. of the nation. So it's kind of a melting pot in that source. I really think Atlanta is the beer capital of the South next to Asheville, of course, enough respect. And, and I don't want to alienate any of the, the cities, but I really think pound for pound, Atlanta has some crazy breweries that are popping up, Orpheus and Three Taverns, like I named before. I could go down a whole name of different breweries that are going on. Wrecking Bar, my boy went to. Um, so there's a lot of things happening in Atlanta. It's, it's a great place to launch a beer, too. So, so. you heard that here first, Asheville. You're on notice. Asheville. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> all homies. Challenge. Hey, they got the Funk Fest uh, thing going on this weekend, That's right. right. Yeah, 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 Wicked so, Weeds Funk Fest. Yeah, Wicked Weeds. Shout out to them. So um, Asheville, you got to go to, too. But make sure you just don't stay in Atlanta because people say, I go to the airport. So like, in Atlanta, let's the way we judge it here, like in, in New York City, the Yankee Stadium doesn't have any craft beer. So what about in, in Atlanta um, at some of the sports? They don't. Sports events <laughs> in uh, Atlanta, sporting arenas, do they have the craft Hawks beer? the Hawks have a good that selection. Hurt, that hurts me that Yankees don't have a, a craft beer yet. I'm a Yankees fan. I mean, I was born in New York, and that's kind of whack. But we've got to work on that. Maybe we can make something happen. we got to talk, do a little march talk about that a lot, Jimmy, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the craft beer, um, Sweetwater runs, uh, runs things. Um, uh, with Terrapin out of Athens is there and stuff like that. Um, if I can name one more brewery that's gangster, it's creative. Um, I mean, it's Creature, uh, Comforts. Creature Comforts, which is bananas. Thank you. Um, I just get excited even talking about them. They have so many great brews out, and they're killing it. Like They're nationally renowned already. They've only been around for like a year, but they're killing yeah. them right though. So, yeah, they just had their anniversary about a month ago. Can I ask you what about the beer and food scene? Like, Is there a lot of beer dinners Absolutely. and like, southern-themed? Because like, I can imagine mm-hmm. beer would go incredible with southern cuisine. That's good. I'm glad you asked to actually host beer dinners uh, probably about every other month. Mm-hmm. And um, those go really well, man. And the restaurants are open to it. So bringing it to them, you will see a beer dinner at least once a week now. It's that serious. That's great. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and the whole thing about beer is it pairs so well with food even more than any other uh, libation, I, in my opinion. Um, because we can emulate any kind of style of flavor, and beer is a beautiful. It's the best liquid in the world, man. <laughs> you know, besides water, which we need, but water is in beer. Well, so there you go. There you go. A few extra. Ingredients. Got a little extra ingredients in it. Well, Greg, what, what's this next beer you poured? It's kind of funky and. Yeah, red. I like this, man. Yeah, so this is uh, a beer we're going to call Raz Plus, and it's funny because that actually was just a name that we had written on a barrel. Uh, back when we filled it up, uh, but over this past summer, we were able to get some beer in barrels and put some raspberries in this particular barrel. And uh, this is one Cab Franc barrel that we put about 120 pounds of raspberries in. Um, and just it's one barrels, uh, one wine barrels worth of beer that we uh, pulled out and bottle conditioned in the 500 milliliter bottles that we will be releasing uh, probably in about a month or so, I would say. All right, man. Yeah, it's pretty funky. Who wants to talk th- talk us through the taste profile on this? <laughs> Who's 
Oh, I'm don't the mess guest? up. Oh man, no, there is no mess up. And honestly, <laughs> sours are starting to grow on me. I, I'll be real with it. I am a beer right and all that kind of thing. But sours is it's still not my total go to yet. Um, the people who are, who are representing Ale Sharpton are, who are going to Funk Fest. They are sour heads, so I want them to appreciate it a little more than me. You know, I can't passing up Jimmy anyway. But um, this this one right here, I've I've got it's it's not overly. Sour, like a lot of them are a little bile to me, almost. You know what I mean? Like, but this one right here, you're you're a man of balance, man. Did you say like, bile? Bile, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, that's, that's like what comes up through your throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When oh, you yeah. are like, it's just clear. You're like, damn it, that's one of me. Well, there is, this, a, there, the, is this right here is is nowhere near that. Is my but point. the funk on this nose. Even for me, the, the, it's it's a little almost too funky. For me. A little, a little too funky. Um, so yeah, basically, uh, the way we made this beer, uh, we fermented the base beer clean, mm-hmm. uh, added some Brett when we moved it over to barrels, let it funk up a little bit, and then added berries to restart the fermentation. Uh, there's actually no bacteria in here, so a lot of the tartness wow. is actually fruit derived tartness. Raspberry. Um, so a buddy of mine who makes wine, actually, we were talking about it recently, and he has a wine that he actually did not let go through malolactic fermentation, where the uh, malic acid is converted to lactic acid. Mm. I think the acid in here is somewhat similar, where it's kind of that, like, sharper acidity, um, not as rounded as lactic acidity, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's fruit-derived. Fruit mm-hmm. That said... Um, you know, it did spend, you know, a year in barrels, so there, there could, there is resident microflora in the barrels. Um, yeah. And this yeah. part, part of your, you're experimenting with. Yeah, all of our things. barrels right now are very much R and D. Um, this particular barrel, uh, we pulled out and just kind of did it unblended. We're blending most of our barrels together, and we're kind of just developing a scalable process and kind of our own our own voice with these barrel-aged beers. So this is just kind of one of them. Uh, we will be, you know, we're doing this beer again this year. Um, and some of the other ones we may shift around a little bit. All right. Hey, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, we're out here at Roberta's in Bushwick. Great place to get beer, pizza, and uh, some really great dinners. I'm really proud to be out here. We've been here for over five and a half years. And uh, I'll give a big shout-out, heritageradionetwork.org. Don't be shy about being a supporter. You'll see our new website coming up in August, right, Jack? Oh, yeah, yeah it's a, Jimmy. It's, it's, a, it's a game changer. <laughs> We're going to have a new website, so it's going to make a big difference. Heritage Radio Network, over 30 shows from cheese chefs and a lot of other things. Uh, all right. Ambassera over there. Hello. What I love about you is that you have so much to say, and you're smart and uh, a real professional. A nice radio voice, yeah. too. Thanks. Oh, yeah. That's so, nice. uh, 
<laughs> you know, we're talking about places to go in the city and in Atlanta. Do you have like a favorite or a, f- a fantasy beer trip that you've wanted to take? Oh, do I? Yes, yeah, I, have I want to hear several. That. And uh, this is like I, the question. Though. No, I do, and I think I'm going to attempt to work some of it into my vacation in October in Italy. And I'm probably going to go and meet up with um, the guys from Del Borgo and Baladine, and they're all amazing, and they're so supportive when they come to New York. So I would love to go see uh, to go see where they come and see where their ingredients come from. And what I was so excited about with your beer that you brought from Atlanta is. You know, that it uses fresh peaches and yeah. local peaches, and it gives a sense of terroir and a sense of place to what you're drinking. And I think the Italian breweries really, really do that. You know, and I, I'm not super huge on paying for an imported American-style IPA with hops that should be drank fresh. So when I get something that I can find, you know, that really has a true sense of place, like the Italians are doing, I think that's incredible. You know, and also, I've never... This is embarrassing. I've never been to Germany. That's my next one. So I really want to go see, Germany's you know, I, I know, I yeah. know, I know, I know I need to get there. So that's the, those two are really up on my list. You should get some, some uh, hopefully, travel writing gigs, too, on these trips. That's right. Listen oh, yeah. up, people. You hear that? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Hustle, girl. And what about you, Ben? I mean, you're an editor of what, a national beer magazine. Yeah. I mean, well, we dabble in international coverage, too. But, yeah, mostly focus on the U.S. There's plenty of stories. Um so I, I travel, I used to travel internationally a lot uh, before I was focusing on beer, but I would say in the last um, three or four years, I've been really just trying to get to know as much about what's happening in the U.S. as possible. And it's really tough, like we were saying, the number of festivals. I'm going up to um, the Vermont Brewers Festival this weekend in Burlington, um, which is just a dynamite uh, event. It's right on uh, Lake Champlain. Everybody, uh, I think, in the Northeast um, knows that there's some really special beer coming out of Vermont right now. Um, but, yeah, just keeping up with things is hard, and I can't blame you, Anne, for not making it to Germany. I mean, uh, there's, there's so just, much to Yeah, do. it's just mind-boggling what's going on with beer right now. So, um, uh, so v- Vermont Brewers Fest, that sounds like kind of a fun fantasy trip. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I, I I love being outdoors, and mm-hmm. everybody in Vermont's a little bit crunchy. And so uh, I think, yeah, just getting up there and having an outdoor beer event is refreshing because there's so many that are in just kind of big convention centers. Um, and uh, it's just such a small, friendly, um, still kind of uh, scene up there, which is refreshing too one of my uh videos i filmed to bridge off what you're saying uh vermont i filmed with um woodchuck actually flew me up there and i got a lot more respect for what they do um, i thought it was new, a big uh, like just corporate big ass like you know cidery but it was actually really more of a family oriented type of thing and i was really impressed by that so i did a video on that that's with vimeo uh ale sharpton on vimeo which you'll see that video but uh, Vermont is beautiful. And then what you were talking about with the stuff you're doing, I think you landed on the great point of when you visit cities or countries, whatever that is, the breweries a lot of times tell the story and history of 100%. that place. That's, and, that's and my biggest It's connection. such an investment, you yeah. know what I mean, to open a brewery in a, in a city, just like it is with a restaurant. But they always have great stories, brewers do. And so there, there's never one that's boring or, or not interesting. So you really hit on the head with that. So I think you're going to be really... Yeah, and it brings together not journey. only beer drinkers, but community. It gives back. A lot of times these are really responsible 
breweries, you know, environmentally mm-hmm. responsible, socially responsible, and, you know, involved in agriculture. Right. And to me, right. that's something really lacking in this country. Let's ask Joel Ford, one of the assistant brewers from Threes. Joel, where would you want to go? A f- fantasy beer trip. Come on, Joel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I lived the past five years in Vermont. All right. Rutgers Fest is a great place. Yeah. Um, fantasy beer trip. Uh, would definitely have to. I, I haven't been to Europe personally, so I need to go to Belgium at some point. Belgium's out too. Kind of. Yeah, you know, it, I, I've out. never been. I, I really think it's, it's. People should be talking more about Belgium because mm-hmm. the, the, when we get something like a Cantillon, people go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brie Dupont was one of the most exquisite experiences I've ever had in yep. beer. Period. It was just and the most humble. People and the most humble brewmaster and his wife does all the cheeses for the area, and it's so much history and there's so much depth and real attention to the craft that it's it just kills me. People, I don't like Belgian beer. What? What? What do you mean? That doesn't <laughs> you know, make my, any sense. You know, what my fantasy is my face is happening tonight. I want to go to Jimmy's number four. That's why I can't this dude. And can't I got, I got threes dope. on Love tap, and I got other half on tap, and then and then I'm going to go with Ale. We're going to go to Proletariat. And see what they have off on their, their, their one-offs. And they only serve, there's a great article, Edible Manhattan. They only serve in these little chalices and uh, intimate setting. And uh, I don't know. I feel like we're living the dream here. So. Can I say one thing you said about Cantillon real quick? I went there last month, and it, it's, it's unlike any other brewery you've ever been a part of. Because it's just so open. It's not as sterile as you would think. Like when you go to breweries around here, everything's so clean. And right, you got to have that funk situation in the way they do their yeast and stuff. But there was a little hating on on hops and the usage, um, which I had to bite my tongue on a couple of times. But overall, it was just so, it's just like unlike any brewery I've ever been to in my life. So it's really interesting in the way they brew their beer and everything. And definitely. That's, that's kind of what we're looking for, you know, yep, some of a different absolutely. experience. You know, and talking about getting beers from out of state in Vermont, I'm always a little skeptical. That I know some people kind of collect beers from out of state. They, they go and get a special release, and then they bring it to you. And I never really know how many hands it's passed through or, or, or was it sitting in a hot car. But uh, <laughs> last week, a friend of mine did got me, like, a four-pack of the Heady Topper from Alchemist. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I made sure it was in my fridge all week, so it was really cold. And I opened it last night, and it was as advertised. I, I know that she got it at, at, at the brewery, and she brought it right down to me. And uh, You've had Heady Topper before. I've had sure. it, but I haven't had it in that condition. I, yeah. I, I had it one time, a friend That's who a was really point. proud to get it. I swear to God, it must have been the third hand that had it, and it tasted skunked. Yeah. So this, this thing about, and I know a big part of going to Vermont is supporting the state. Sure. You, they want to get you in state, and, and that's a big part of, the, of their business. But, you know, we're talking about these things, but it's kind of fun. But I, I feel blessed that being in the industry, often I get a beer from directly from the brewer or from a distributor. And, yeah, that's uh, a nice perk, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but getting a beer secondhand sometimes, I never – like when Ale brings it, I know he brought it just from the brewery. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times someone will turn up on my step with a and beer. How and I'm long like, have they yeah, had it? Yeah. Where was it? Was it in your closet? So to actually get a heady topper that was super fresh – it really that last night it was like just blew my it's amazing, my, right? my face, you know. It's ridiculous. Like they have that beer and they have a purveyor of heady topper on the door when you get in and people line up and get that real quick. And I happened to just luck out, stayed at a Marriott hotel, went across the street to this little deli and they had it next to a, a damn potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I had to get two of those four packs, man, and bring them home. But they went right after that. So. But also they've been canning that beer since 2011, right? Mm-hmm. There are plenty of breweries that have that. Uh, hot, new, whatever it is, and yep. people line up for it. But who has a beer that continues to be in that much demand four years later? Yeah. Like, that's bonkers. That's tough. The consistency, you're right. 
It, it really was that good. You know, I, I, who, wants to, who wants to talk about the taste profile of Hetty Topper? We never really talked about it before. Cause it's hoppy, but it's a different kind of hoppiness. It was like grassy and floral and fresh. I just, actually, I just tried their new one to the Focal Banger. Yeah, Which that's going to be. I really liked it, and a lot of people just I, as popular. I thought it was delicious, and a lot of people were texting me, "How do you really like it?" And of course, everyone has something to say, <laughs> but I thought it was delicious. It was so tropical. What is it? All mosaic, right? I'm, I believe. I'm so. pretty sure it was. Very. Let's have Joel. Joel, tell us the, the flavor mosaic. profile of Hetty Topper. Come on. I mean, like, uh, like I was uh, lucky enough to have Hetty Topper when it was on tap at the brew pub. Yeah. Back, in the, back before the Hurricane Irene days, and have had some of the first batches of cans that they released. And it stayed fairly similar. I mean, like, the thing that amazes me about that beer is that even as it gets a little older, if properly cared for, it is still very, very respectable. It doesn't tail off that much. It changes slightly. Um, but you get a little bit of, like, malty, like, breadiness. But, you know, like, you get kind of what I would call, like, a full hop saturation with the beer. And, and then b- back to three what is what you guys are doing because yeah. ev- everyone has a different take on IPAs. And I know you made that, uh, what is it, the Just Add Water IPA with, with Jeff O'Neill. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your take on IPA? Because you also get this kind of unfiltered, <clears throat> kind of grassy flavor. It's not like overpower hops or anything. So what we try to do, we try to, you know, go for that hop saturation thing. We also try to boost the aromatics uh, without necessarily boosting the bitterness, really. And, uh, you know, we kind of really, we try to accentuate the juicy, aromatic, fruity, floral, citrusy components and not necessarily the really big, bitter components. So it's big late hop additions, big dry hop additions. It's kind of, it's the stuff that a lot of people are doing right now. You know, I, I, you know, I... Honestly, don't think it's very groundbreaking what we're doing. Um, I do think being in a pub setting and only having a 15-barrel brew house uh, where we do rotate through particularly our IPAs within about three weeks, uh, that is somewhat unique to us. Uh, Thinking about maybe some of the beers you get from the West Coast, I think we're probably all through our whole serving tank of beer before beer even gets through the distribution chain. So we have a little bit of a, you know, comparative advantage there. Um, We also, we're not filtering anything. We're not fining anything. Uh, We do have serving arms in our uh, serving tanks. And, uh, you know, it allows us to keep it unfiltered and kind of move the IPA through the the production chain pretty fast. What's a serving arm? Uh, It's a racking arm. Uh, Basically what it does is allows us to pull beer out of the kind of a higher portion of the tank. You're not pulling it out of the bottom where sediment will form. So the beer kind of goes through a cold conditioning, uh, cold, like, fining stage through uh, through that period. Cheers, man. Oh, no, cheers, cheers. Definitely, if you were talking about IPAs real quick, uh, Victory makes some dope-ass IPAs, man. Um, yeah, your IPA true. was really good, by the way, today. Thank you for that. Um, uh, Victory, uh, Ballast Points, uh, Grapefruit. Um, is Scoping is actually yeah. one of my favorites too. Um, what about Victory, Atlanta? The Dirt Wolf, Atlanta ATL. Um, you know, Tropical is whipping that whipping that tail right now, and that's uh, Creature Conference as well. And their Cosmic Debris—they're really showing love. And that's Athens, but you know, we're all communal in that in that area. So um, those those are my favorites right now, man. And then what, what's the last beer you brought, Ale? 
Oh, okay. This is uh, your Black Heart, and I like to fight for the little guys. Uh, this is Odempsey's, uh, your Black Heart's Russian Imperial Stout. Um, very a little more forward on the cocoa. Yeah, um, super but sweet but people love that, and they pair it a lot with um, like a real good vanilla bean ice cream, like pure straight up ice cream, and make a little float with it. But this one really complements um, that that kind of contrast. Uh, but it, it's cocoa heavy, but um, this is actually a fun one too. And I don't think these guys ever made it above here yet, so I want to make sure I show some love and bring some of the little guys here. What's the name of the brewery again? Odempsey's. Odempsey's. Uh-huh. Yep. All right, we'll do some last questions. Just because it's Ale's here, I'm going to ask some dorky questions. Ale, what's something that most people don't know about you besides your name? Uh, that I went, that I went to an Ivy League school. All right. Yeah, I went to Cornell. Shout out to the C. All right, I yeah. live in Ithaca right now. Hey, what? Yeah. Dude, I got you hooked up. I know all the cops there. All right. <laughs> well, I hope so. Now we're like, yeah. okay. You know, the chapter house burned down. Oh, man. Yeah. Recently? That was like the original craft beer bar up there, and it burned yeah, down. Yeah, they were showing some year. love on the craft. They were yeah. one of the first. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Sad. it's really What sad. street are you on? Oh, you can't tell that. We'll talk afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Andrew, what's something that, that, that people don't know about you? My name. <laughs> that's go. a good well, one. the same thing. To me, your Ann likes beer. Exactly. Yeah. That's All right. That's good then. Well, you know, the rest of you guys know everything about you. So. <laughs> Although, Greg, there's one story I always want. Greg, what happened when you opened the brewery, man? J- Jimmy just beats this story to death. I'll tell you what. Um, you need no, to embellish it more. I, I yeah. do. Yeah. So we, uh, we had a fire between our friends and family opening and our grand opening. And uh, I guess the wood-fired brick oven was a little too close to a wall. And that the uh, the contractors did not see fit to follow the directions and put the air gap there. Um, so, yeah, I walked in the next morning uh, after our friends and family, Joel and I were getting ready to install the draft system. Joel was running late because he was a little bit under the weather. And uh, I was a little bit bleary eyed walking to the bar and the place is just filled with smoke rolling out of the kitchen. So uh, walk into the kitchen and uh, smoke is pouring out of the walk-in, and the whole wall between the stove and the walk-in was just just smoldering. So uh, tried to grab a fire extinguisher. Really didn't see anything to uh, shoot with the fire extinguisher, so figured I'd call the professionals. Uh, Smart. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a good idea. Uh, New York City fire uh, fire department came in and uh, put hundreds of gallons of water uh, in our kitchen. But luckily, we built out a brewery, so cement floors, floor drains every place. And uh, we got the squeegees out of the brewery and just squeegeed the whole place down. And we actually opened the bar that night. Uh, That said, we uh, did not have any beer on draft when we opened the doors. But uh, Joel and I and some friends got the beers pouring throughout service. And uh, I don't know, within about two hours of opening, we did have all of our draft lines pouring. Uh, it was pretty nerve-wracking, but uh, we got it done. Cheers to you, man. Yeah, That's the spirit man. of New York City and uh, July Goobier Month. And why, man? All right. So in, in closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors who helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thanks to Ale, Greg, and Ben, and Joel for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Maggie Side and Justin Kennedy, and to our engineer, Jack Insley. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Hey, hey. Cheers. Listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. 
You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 